Welcome back to the All About Audiology podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lilach Saperstein, even though I sound a little different with my cold right now. Today is episode 30. We are wrapping up season two because I have arbitrarily decided that every 10 episodes is a season. And it is also a new year, 2020. We have a lot of exciting things coming up for season three. I am so looking forward to finally getting that tinnitus episode out for you guys, an episode on vestibular and balance disorders that is coming. Also want to continue taking suggestions from you guys. You can send me on Instagram, on Facebook, through the website allaboutaudiology.com. You can absolutely always put in requests and a lot of the episodes have come from requests from you guys. And one of the biggest things that's come out of um, you know listening to what you guys are asking is talking more about the role of the parent and how our parenting is affected, is challenged, is changed by having a child with hearing loss or a child with any kind of special need or requires more medical type of appointments, how to balance being the advocate, being the parent, being, you know, dealing with your own emotions. So that is a big theme that has emerged. I mean, it's always been here since the beginning, but it's really gotten stronger and we're going to continue along that line with a very exciting episode that I have coming out pretty soon with another episode in season three with a somatic experiencing parenting coach. And so if you are interested in that, definitely look out for the episode with Mama Manon, who that is her specialty. Anyway, by the way, if you're on Instagram, you can have all of these like behind the scene updates uh, because I story almost every day at All About Audiology podcast. I also have an episode ready and prepared about audiology equipment and I think this one will be very interesting to our audiology student listeners where I discussed with an expert on the equipment that we use for audiological testing and I think it's a very important and interesting way to understand why audiologists can do what they do and how do we write the reports how do we get to the decision can the child hear or not what kind of hearing and I think you're going to love that episode with Julie Renshaw who is an expert on equipment and so that episode is also going to be coming out in season and to take a quick look back on season two we started with an episode on Baja bone anchored hearing aids and I interviewed Abby Parrots, an amazing mom she shared the story of her son who has microtia she also gave us a lot of the context of the family and what was going on with another son who was diagnosed with leukemia and we really got to hear her story she shared so much of her wisdom so much of her experience and one of the things i love that sticks out to me from speaking to her was her sense of humor and her sarcasm her straight way of saying no one is looking at your kid you're the only one who's obsessed with them everyone else is not caring. Sometimes people don't even notice that he has devices and they don't even notice that he has microtia. I really enjoyed speaking with Abby and if you want, go back and listen to episode 21 to get more of that story. In episode 22, we had this debate of whether or not you should open the cochlear implant package with the patient or just give them the whole knapsack and tell them, come back next time. So that was the debate we spoke about in episode 22. In episode 23, we had Cornelius Maxwell, who is a veteran and doing a lot of advocacy for helping veterans transition back into civilian life. We spoke about protecting your hearing and noise-induced hearing loss, which actually is a topic that I did my doctoral capstone on, a very big paper all about noise-induced hearing loss. So this is a topic that's very important to me, protecting our hearing, especially protecting hearing when there is some hearing loss and we want to make sure that we're not 
giving additional hearing loss on top of that because of noise. So that is over at episode 23. In episode 24, we spoke more about troubleshooting hearing aids and what are some of the things that you guys can do to make sure that the hearing aids are in good working order. And in general, all the All About You episodes, the even ones, have a lot of your comments and your questions and responses. So those are really fun. And I really enjoyed doing those because from the beginning of the podcast, I said it's very important to me that we're having this back and forth, that we're building this community and support because it's hard. It's hard to be, you know, in a little bubble of your own specialists and appointments and running around and other people in your life might not be in this topic, in this series. So I just love the idea that from all over the world, we are connecting Um, and helping each other learn and helping each other grow all for our wonderful kitties, loved ones, precious people, or your very own self to learn about audiology and about advocating for yourself. You know, I could keep going. Um, I will keep going. (laughs) Okay, episode 26 was phenomenal. An interview with Dr. Lindsay Cockburn from At Listen with Lindsay who is moving and shaking things over on Instagram with her amazing infographics and so much information, so many resources for parents. Um, You can check out her blog and listen to the episode we had. The conversation we had was, do cochlear implants work? It gets to the heart of what does it mean for something to work? How are we defining success with a cochlear implant? We spoke about the resources that parents have available and just the entire process, how information is delivered, how expectations are set. It was a great episode, and I'm so honored to be friends with Lindsay. She's so great. So I think you're going to love that episode 25. In episode 26, I interviewed another super cool audiologist on Instagram, Dr. Samantha McKinney at UCI Can Hear Now. She is an audiologist and a cochlear implant user. So she shared her story and how getting the cochlear implant after years and years of using a hearing aid was different, what that experience was like. And Dr. Samantha is super, super awesome. She writes about the hearing loss experience and she is also a a great mentor for a lot of students who say, can I be an audiologist if I have a hearing loss? And Yes, the answer is absolutely. You should go follow Samantha. I just really love making friends on Instagram um, through the podcast and meeting other professionals and meeting you guys. Like this whole thing is just such a dream. It's such a joy. So on a side note, if you are like really into something, you should start a podcast. (laughs) Episode 27 was all about auditory verbal therapy, AVT. And I interviewed the executive director of AV Israel, Elaine Matlau Talel, who was so instrumental in bringing auditory verbal therapy to Israel, where I currently live. And so we spoke a lot about that process, about the story of her and her two daughters, who are now all grown, and how she really advocated for a specific kind of rehab and therapy for them to develop spoken language. And that episode was packed full with information A lot of conversation about auditory verbal therapy came out from that. And as you guys know, in season one, we really dove into this question of sign language as a modality and listening and spoken language as an approach. We had Kimberly Sanzo. That was a very major uh, focus in season one. So I'll just shout that out because also I do love Kimberly Sanzo, who's also doing amazing things on Instagram with advocacy for sign language for deaf children. And that was episode 15. So all the episodes are kind of connecting one to another I'm trying to build a little map for you and you know so that you could kind of like an index of what topic are you interested in and then sending you over to that episode to get more 
In episode 28, we spoke about the benefits and limitations of hearing aids, what it's like to have a hearing aid and still not hear well or still miss things, and how difficult that experience is, not just for the person who has the hearing loss, but for everyone around them. Also told you about the speak up sessions that I offer. That's a one hour boost. It's a one-on-one with me, and we really get to the heart of what is the advocacy thing that you are trying to do. What are the words? What is the language that you are looking for to be able to tell the teacher what your child needs or to be able to talk to your sister-in-law when she says those really annoying things that you are on edge about. So if you want to learn more about that, go to allaboutaudiology.com slash speak up to book a speak up session with me. And our most recent episode was with Aviva Warner, who is another incredible mother who shared the story of her son with Down syndrome, who had a late diagnosis or misdiagnosis or some kind of um, delay in the treatment of getting hearing aids and what that experience has been like. But we were really focused in on self-forgiveness, letting go of mom guilt, and how important it is to listen to your intuition as a parent It was a beautiful, beautiful conversation, and I really recommend you go listen to episode 29. This is episode 30. It's all about you, so I'm going to share with you guys some of the comments that I've been getting from you on Instagram and on Facebook. It warms my heart. You don't know how much it gives me to know that I'm so passionate about this. I'm speaking into my microphone on the couch in my living room, but you guys are hearing this in your car, on your way to work, wherever you're hearing me, and it is building a conversation. It's just outside of time and space. Technology is amazing. So from one of my followers, I received the message about how difficult it has been since the cochlear implant um, activation, specifically with the magnet. The magnet of the cochlear implant needs to be just right. Goldilocks, not too tight and not too loose. If it's too loose, then it's not going to have a good transmission. It's always going to be falling off. So you need the magnet to be strong. But it can't be too strong because then you could have a bruise or you could make redness or scarring or pain in the area after using it for so long if the magnets are too tight. So there's different numbers, different strengths of the magnets that can be changed out in the coil. And, you know, it's one of those little things that we talk about, you know, like, do cochlear implants work? Well, yeah, they work, but how about this other issue that maybe someone didn't even consider, that there could be a whole thing, a whole story, back and forth, going to the company, picking it up, transferring, you know, all that, like, being involved in that um, takes a lot of energy, takes a lot of, you know, days off work and travel time and all the things that come around it. So I I just really appreciated her sharing that um, experience with me. I'm wondering about you listening now, what is a thing that is related to the usage of a hearing aid or a cochlear implant that's been hard for you or that you have been surprised by um, the upkeep? I know sometimes people talk about the, um, the cost of batteries or things like that that they didn't consider being part of the whole deal. And of course, that depends on your insurance and where you live, et cetera. Okay, I'm finding another one. I also was in touch with one of you about your daughter's upcoming cochlear implant surgery, and I just felt so honored to be part of your story and to hear about the preparation and how it's going. And you asked me a couple of questions of what to expect for the surgery, what she should bring to the day of the surgery, to the hospital, pack for the hospital. And so I answered her in a long, long Instagram message, and then I said, hey, would you mind if I just put this on the blog so that other people could also 
have that. So I did with her permission and you can go and see at allaboutaudiology.com a blog post about preparing for cochlear implant surgery, what to bring in the bag, their favorite toy, their favorite stuffed animal. And you guys have heard some of that advice from me before. It's nice to have it there in a blog and maybe you can share that with your friends if they are going into cochlear implant surgery. They've made the decision and now they're like, hmm, what should we do to prepare? And I also want to tell you about a message I got on Facebook from a mom who's, who has a child recently diagnosed with hearing loss. And she wrote to me and said, your podcast has been so amazing. And she's been binging them from the beginning. And she said episode one was amazing. She immediately was hooked. And I was like, that's so, I'm what? I haven't heard that from anyone. They're binging the podcast. That was like such a sweet message. And I'm really glad that um, it has helped her. And she said she's gotten a lot of information and really getting into this whole whirlwind of the audiology world. So my dream and my thought of starting a podcast at the end of January in 2019, here we are at the end of January in 2020, and there are 30 episodes out. There's this amazing community, and I'm just so honored that you are sharing this with me, that you are a listener. Thank you for giving this to me because it's, um, it's beautiful to feel this sense of purpose and find my voice, even though it's a little cranky right now but really find my voice and find that I have a perspective to share that I really, really care about you guys all over, wherever you are, whatever you're going through, I am cheering you on. The last thing I'm going to mention is a conversation I had with a friend, nothing to do with hearing loss, nothing to do with audiology. She was sharing with me that she went to the pediatrician. The pediatrician um, did not listen to her concerns, did not want to take in her input when she was talking about you know, like a skin issue that her child had. And she was saying, what kind of medicine? How, how, what should we do? How do we treat this? And he said, no, you don't do anything. You just let it go. And she said, but what, how long do we do nothing for? And he said, oh, you're, you're overreacting. Basically, he dismissed her concerns. She did not feel like she could speak up anymore after he shut her down. And she came back upset from it. She was telling me like, what, what do we do? Do I use the medicine? Do I do nothing? Like, do I listen to him? Do I not? And I said, you know, I don't really know anything about this skin thing. I don't, uh, that's outside my area of expertise. I am not that kind of doctor. But what's concerning to me about your story is that you didn't feel you could have a dialogue with your pediatrician. You didn't feel that you could have a voice, that you could ask your questions. You left there more confused than when you went in. That doesn't sound good. And she said, yeah, it's always like that. That It's very hard to talk to him. He's very dogmatic. What he says goes. He doesn't really listen to me or let me ask questions. And I said to her, like, listen, listen, feel, feel how you're feeling right now. Listen to your own words and really tune into how does this, having this pediatrician in your life, in the care of your children, you know, even just regular well visits need to, you need to feel comfortable with your healthcare providers. And if you don't, if you don't, like she was saying, it is absolutely within your rights to switch pediatricians, to go to a different office. This was a lesson that I learned in a very, very big and personal deep way after the birth of my first child when I had an OBGYN that did not consider me specifically. Um, I had a very difficult birth experience and um, there was a lot, a lot of intense healing that needed to come after that first birth. And part of that was saying, I can choose who my healthcare providers are. I actually didn't have the knowledge or was not empowered enough to know that I don't just go to the first, um, you know, the closest OBGYN or the one that all my friends are using or the one that is covered by my insurance. I actually can 
go and do some research and go meet different people. I actually went into some um, informational kind of appointments. I'm trying to see if I want to establish care here. And what I found was that in another practice that was led by midwives, um, they were much more understanding of what I had gone through and what kind of birth I wanted for my next baby. And so just from that personal experience, I, I really grew a lot and said, hey, I do have a choice. I am a consumer of healthcare. And I'm sorry to say that that's kind of the, the way that the world has gone. But in another way, it's great because it's gone away from this paternalistic model, which is I'm the doctor, you're the patient. What I say, you do. You don't ask questions and that's it. Now, all of us are much more educated. We're much more able to access information. All of the internet is at our fingertips at all points. You've got podcasts explaining what every single um, condition is, what the implications are. You know, we, we can access a lot of information and support to come into a doctor's appointment and have a conversation. So all of medicine is, is moving towards shared decision-making and the doctor presenting pros and cons. But of course, at the end of the day, it is the patient's or the parent's choice what to do. So I didn't really think I was going to go into that little personal tangent, but this is maybe a, uh, maybe gives you a window into why this is so important to me, why I'm so passionate about what I do, because it really makes a difference. It changes the trajectory of your journey. It can really move things for you. So when, the, when you as a parent are empowered, magic will happen. Magic goes on because you are taken seriously. You, you know what's going on. So I'm just so proud of you for seeking this out for being a listener, for taking life seriously. And it would mean so much to me if you shared this with a, another parent, someone in your, in your support group, someone in your parent group who you know will benefit from this, from this podcast. Please share it with them. You can tag them in Instagram. You can send them the links. And I will be so honored to have more people join our community. That's all for me today. This has been episode 30, the end of season two. And all I send out to you is thank you, thank you, thank you, and give you power and make you feel better wherever you are, that maybe you have a little smile on your face, that you are doing great. I'm Dr. Lilach Saperstein, and this is the All About Audiology Podcast. Podcast.